Hey everybody, welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker and I'm a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois. I am also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is a show where I dive deep into the psyche of musicians and bands. We talk about music, music careers, mental health, the music business, the creative process, touring, recording, balancing life and music, and really anything else me and my guests want to talk about. If you want to know more about the podcast or myself and my own music, please visit musictherapypodcast.com, and you can also visit jessicarisker.com. Today, I'm talking with Chicago musician Jess Robbins. This is a special Mother's Day episode. Jess is the mother of three young boys. She's also a writer, and she's a veteran of the Chicago music scene. Jess Robbins' new project is called Course, and though technically categorized as synth-pop, Course's style often veers into more inventive territory. The band takes inspiration from a wide range of acts, from Canadian indie-pop band Always to iconic genre-bending groups like Radiohead, blending aspects of dream-pop, 90s new wave, alternative electronic, and indie rock. Drawing on Jess Robbins' dream-folk roots, Course incorporates polished, modern production, and lush electronic instrumentation to create songs with a characteristic ethereal industrial sheen. Course has a new album that was released on May 21st called A Late Hour. We'll listen to one of Course's new songs at the end of my conversation with Jess. First, here's one of my songs. This is Shallow Seas off the album I See You Among the Stars. Given your name, plans to 
shallow seas off I See You Among the Stars, let's turn to our conversation with Jess Robbins. Hi, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. You guys doing this right. Confusing. <laughs> you, you, you will, it all will be perfect in post. Cool. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so how, how have you been doing these days? Pretty good, you know, just hanging in there. Barely, but, you know, it's getting better. I feel like the weather really helps me um, with everything because it's so hard when it's cold, you know. You can't go anywhere and you can't go outside. So it's like two negatives. In a yeah. Rush, so. This was a tough winter. Yeah. Um, what does a typical week look like for you these days? Um, I mean, <laughs> it's just packed, you know, with a lot going on. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm usually, I work a few hours a day. Um, and what are you I, working on? What do you I do? I work with like college students and, um, high school students, like diverse learners. So, um, kids with ADHD or just like mental health issues, um, on like executive functioning skills, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it's nice because I can make my own schedule and then I can do music or like writing and then be with children, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. So does it feel like there's a routine to your life? Yeah, there does. There does. I, I have to make one or else I go like crazy because if it's just like me, um, just free falling, then, you know, I think I do better with like way more happening. If I have like less to do, I'm just like, what? Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that. Yeah. Are, you, are any of your boys, are they school age yet? Yeah. Kindergarten to first grade. Yep. Kindergarten to first grade. <laughs> yeah. So how, what has that been like for you this past year? Uh, I mean, crazy they luckily are in school now but you know they were out and in and out and in it was just like back and forth and um it's just really hard to have them here for me to work like to do anything um it's just like really impossible but you know we made it work and um i became a kindergarten teacher and a first grade teacher for a little while yeah which was not Great. I don't have the patience for that age. Like I'm trained to work with like older kids, you know, and I, with little kids, I'm like, I don't know how to teach reading, like phonics. I'm like, how come you can't just get this word? I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's interesting because you also teach, you know, art classes to small children. So you have in the past, right? Or music and art. Yeah, music. Yeah. No. Yeah. That I did like just a brief time. Like I, and that's different because it's like, I don't know, everyone's just sitting there listening to the music and enjoying and dancing or whatever. But when you have to, like, teach a kid, like, a skill, like, one plus five, you know, I don't know, like, on a, those chart, those math charts, it's not the same. Especially your own kids. It's, like, even teaching my kids music, like, I, like, need to get someone else to do that because they're, like, ugh. You know, they can't, they don't have patience with me and they don't want to, like, learn. And they, like, cry every time I play the guitar. So I'm, like, great. <laughs> Great. I think it'd be hard enough to teach one kid, much less three of them. Right. Exactly. So, and different, eight, different grades too. Right. So, yeah, no, it was not good. So, okay. 
I mean, that sounds very stressful. It sounds overwhelming. Did it feel that way? How did the, how did, you know, they're in school now. So I imagine that was a, a shift um, yeah. for you, but how did it, how has this past year been for you? Um, it's been like really up and down. Like I've been like on edge, like having the kids, it's just like really hard. So I was like on edge a lot and just not feeling great. Um, but just feeling trapped like in a house, you know, um, mm -hmm. but other, you know, but I did like work on the record. It was such a nice outlet. And then the stories is a really wonderful outlet as well for me. Like I just, that stuff saves me. Like my last record saved me. This record saved me. So it's just like music is so important in that way. So for me. Well, let me, I want to know more about that. So you guys formed pretty quickly, pretty, pretty soon before the pandemic started, right? How yeah. long, you said December of 2019? Um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, about maybe a little before then. And, um, like we added Mikey, the guitarist, like late January, but other than that, everyone else was set. Um, and yeah, we played one show, we, um, played a constellation and then that was February 2nd. Uh -huh. And then we recorded in the studio like one more time at the end of February. And that was like, it was like borderline. Should we have done that? You know, yeah. like I don't know where coronavirus. I think there was maybe one case in Chicago, but it was like not a great idea. Anyway, so but it was fine. Like we were fine, luckily. But then it was just like shut down. So so okay. So obviously you didn't know that was coming when you formed. Can you talk about how this new project course, how that kind of coalesced? Um. Yeah. So I just didn't. I feel like. I just didn't want to be like a solo artist specifically anymore. I just wanted to work with the band. I felt like this record especially is really collaborative and I just didn't like um, just, you know, being a solo artist. Why didn't I felt, yeah, sorry. Why didn't you like being a solo artist? Well, it's not that I didn't like it. I just like, I just felt like it was, it was not, I just didn't like being my name and then like a band with me. I always had a band and I was always like, well, that's not really, it didn't feel, it felt not, it just like, you know, like it was so collaborative with the yeah. group and they helped write parts of the songs. And I was just like, it should be, I just like the group name to kind of have not just like me, Jess Robbins everywhere, you know. I also like to like, I'm like very uh, weird in that I don't like to like be in the front or I'd rather like be behind the drummer. Like that's my, like I want to be in the back. That's a that's a tough way. That's a tough thing to do to be the you know the lead singer and one of the principal songwriters, but also hide. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's great because um, in the band, um, Mikey, the guitarist, he um, he's gonna play some of his songs, so I get to just play guitar and just be in the back. Uh -huh. It's a nice change because. I was always, you know, it's just nice to not have to sit or just be the front person, you know. What is that? When you're the front person, how do you, what's uncomfortable about that for you? Um, I don't know. It's just like, I, I don't, it's just like spotlight on me. You know, I don't know. I just always envy the other players to just get to lay back and not have to talk and not have to, you know, I don't know. I know that's like ridiculous, but it's just a weird quirk, I guess. Well, I, I don't think it's ridiculous. I think a lot of people feel that way. 
Um, how do you feel right now being <laughs> publicly interviewed? I'm okay. <laughs> that's live, but that's okay. It's good. It's good for me. So, okay, so you were drawn to being part of a group, both to not sort of be the, the symbol of the group or the front person of the group, but also in that sort of symbolic way, but also it sounds like collaboratively you wanted to feel like it was more of a combined effort with the songwriting and recording. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like a band. Like the, the record, the songs, like it just felt more um, like how I imagined the band for me, because I've always been a solo artist, so it was nice to just make that change, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, so. So, how was it, how was it feeling? I mean, you guys had your first show. How did the first show feel? It felt good. It felt good. I mean, we, you know, we, that was the first time we all, like, fully, like, played these new songs and played together, um, but it felt good. Um, now, thinking back on, like, how much virus was in that room, but other than that, it felt good. But no, it did feel good. And I, I love this group of people. It's really nice, like low drama and just easygoing and, you know. So one you know, one thing that feels very interesting to me about this new project and, you know, the way you described um, when you communicated before about kind of like your bio and, and stuff is that you guys had, it sounds like you had set up and actually traveled to record but then you couldn't see that through. It feels to me like you really got cut off right at the beginning of when you guys were building some momentum towards something. Is that how it felt? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, we definitely got a lot done in Texas. Um, we got a lot done, so that felt good. So I didn't feel too like too many loose ends in that regard. Um, I did end up recording like one song like in my house <laughs> in the bathroom. Um, yeah. But other than that, everything was basically done. It just hadn't been mixed, but that's easy to do, you know, like across the country. We were able to, you know, just listen back and forth. I feel like I would have gone back out there, but it was fine. Like, I felt like most of it was already there and we changed some things and it ended up being cool. So, okay. So you laid down pretty much all the tracks. It just wasn't mixed at that point. Yeah. Everything except uh, one, like two of the songs had been completely done and we did change like drums on a couple of the songs but other than that um yeah it was mostly done which was nice that also feels i'm i'm impressed because it seems like you guys moved pretty quickly from forming to being able to record a full album in the span of just a few months did it feel was that fast yeah it was fast um i it just feels like it feels first of all it feels like it was like eight years ago because this year was doesn't this year yeah. get, i feel like we all have aged like <laughs> mentally so much you know um but yeah it was quick but we i had had these songs for a long time so it wasn't like they weren't so new the only song um you know the 16 which came out um the last song that came out that one i had never sung till the day we recorded it you had written it, but you hadn't sung it. I mean, I had never really fully sung it. Like, I hadn't. We had just kind of finished it up, like at that point. You know what I mean? And uh -huh. so, like the band hadn't heard it, so we just like put it together, which is kind of cool because I really like the way it sounds, kind of authentic. There was no like kind of rehashing back and forth. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was cool. So okay, so then you guys had to shift 
to finishing it, you know, you talked a bit in, in what you wrote me about how you guys stayed connected as a band. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? How it felt both to work on the album um, while being socially distant, but also just staying connected in a, in a freshly formed band. Yeah. Okay. So we, it was hard because right, it's like the pandemic. You can't play shows. Why get together? Like, what is there? So we decided to form a um, like horror movie club. Uh-huh. And so we would watch like horror movies and then talk about them. So it was like a book club, a uh -huh. horror movie club. And so we would Zoom like every few weeks and do that. It was nice. You'd watch them at the same time? No, we didn't watch them. We'd wa we'd, uh, it would be like before we met, we'd watch them. Um, and they were like some really weird ones. Um, and there's like, you know, like Netflix, there's like Shudder, which is like for horror movies. So we would, we all like got that app, Shudder, and then we'd watch the horror movies on that app. There's like some really old, like retro, kind of funny, like comedy horrors. Um, uh -huh. movies. And it was fun. And we laughed so many times because like, what is it? We couldn't talk about music too. And we could talk about music, but there's nothing to play. And so we talked about the weather and laundry and like what we were cooking, <laughs> horror movies. It's kind of ridiculous, but it was so nice to like see them, you know, because you couldn't like that was in lockdown when you couldn't leave your house at all, you know. Yeah. So, have you seen them recently? Have you been able to? And now the weather's nicer. People are more vaccinated or getting there. Yeah, we're rehearsing more regularly now. Everyone in the band's vaccinated, and we are able to. Um, like get together still masked of course but yeah it's, it feels good to be able to play music again like with people in a room so okay so what do you guys you have very recently released a a couple of songs or can you yeah. talk about like what you're what's sort of on the calendar as far as releasing and and possible performances Sure. Um, so we've released two singles um, and a third tomorrow is coming out, a premiere, and then it'll be out like on Spotify, all the streaming platforms Friday. Um, and then the record comes out in two weeks. So May 21st, the full record will be out. Um, and that's it. Yeah. We have another music video planned for June. Um, it's going to be another dance one. The first, I don't know if you saw the first music video, but that was a dance music video, which was so fun to do uh-huh yeah so cool. so um first of all that's great so are you going to is there a way how are you going to celebrate putting out the album that's my question is there are you gonna you know how are you gonna approach that you know i'm just i think i'm just gonna release it dig I, so the plan is to release it digitally on may 21st and then I'm going to probably print vinyl. And so when the book comes out in the summer, I'm going to probably pair that together, like either a book release and then an album, maybe not a full show, but some type of listening. Because the way the book is written is that you read the story, listen to the song, read the story, listen to the song. So it's like that kind of thing. I'm going to make an audio book too that will go on Spotify with the... So I know about that because you had, you know, we've been talking a little bit about that, but for the listener who hasn't been familiar with that, what is the, what are the writings? And it, you know, sounds like there's this accompaniment to the music. Can you 
what was the, those stories all written this past year? Or? Yeah, so I um, originally was having a hard time writing. I'd been in a bad situation, and um, then I got into a good situation, a better situation. And you know, when you're kind of happy or like in a good place, it's harder to write for me, at least. Um, I just don't have much to say, and so. I was just kind of like hitting my head against the wall, trying to figure out. And then um, my friend Kevin Perkle, I don't know if you know him, he's a Chicago songwriter too. He, um, he, him and I were going to co-write a few songs together. And uh, he's like, write a story. Or, you know what I mean? Or he just helped me like figure out ways to get out of the rut. And so I started writing stories. And um, so three of the songs were written prior to the song being written. And then the rest I wrote after the song. So I got out of the rut, wrote the rest of the songs. And then over quarantine, I wrote stories for each of those songs. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. How, I'm trying to think about what that experience as a listener and reader. So you would want people to listen. What? How would you want them to experience it? I think you said before, but I forgot. Would you want it to them to hear the album and then read it or how would it pair? Yeah, so I, the best way, I mean, it could be either way. You could listen to the song and then read it. But for me, I feel like you read the story and then you listen to the song because there's a lot of, um, like, the stories are, they don't, I mean, the one you read is pretty heavily related to the song. You know, it's like about relationship gone bad and the song that comes out tomorrow that song is coming out tomorrow that song is about a relationship gone bad however like darkest tower and one of the songs on the record that song's more about like imagery like sky imagery stars and the song's about a 13 year old boy who's scared of a white van that keeps driving by the house so it's like uh -huh. it's just it's more the feel the pace of the story like matches the pace of the song like it picks up at the end the story picks up at the end you know what i mean that yeah. feel. and so um things like that so some are like really directly related and others are like widely different so. would you ever work to incorporate the stories in a live performance of the music yeah, I would like to do that. Um, I kind of did that. We had another show at Constellation, a live stream in fe this February, mm -hmm. um, which was crazy because it was like empty room. It was super uh, fun to just be in a venue. Um, but I read a couple excerpts from the stories before I played the song. Uh -huh. It was so awkward because like no one's there. You're just like, okay. <laughs> and next. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I would incorporate it. But some of the stories are long. I mean, the one you read, I couldn't like read that whole thing on stage. People yeah. didn't <laughs> It's a little long. And it's like weird because there's two different points of view in that story specifically. So it wouldn't, um, it would not be easy. That one would have to be like acted out. But I would do like, I don't know, something different with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so when you said earlier that you tend to not write as much when you feel like you're in a good place. What does that mean for, you know, your, what role creativity has for you? Um, expression has. Yeah. I, well, I think that was just like one, like I do have a harder time writing when I'm like, 
things are good in my life because I don't know. I, first of all, I've, I've never been good at writing like happy songs. Um, a lot of my songs are sad. So, except this record is different because I really like worked on not being this downer, which I am a lot of the time in music. I let those songs speak to me, you know, the sad songs. But um, I really worked on not having that be the case for this record. Um, but, you know, I think it's just really hard to write for me personally when I'm like to dig deep into like an emotional place if I'm like in a good place myself. I don't know why that is, but. Is it, I mean, is it cathartic or is it, you know, expressive, I guess? Yeah, definitely. And maybe you're not needing that as much when you're feeling better? Yeah, definitely. But I felt like with the stories, it was different. It came from a different place. So I was, even though I was in a good place then, I was able to write kind of darker stories. I think because you're able to really, um, with short stories, I mean, with a song, in songwriting, you have a limited, you know, amount you can say. Where in a short story, you can really, like, there's more, like, breath, and you're able to you know, be long winded if necessary. And then mm -hmm. you can, I enjoyed that a lot. So. Um, you mentioned something that in our messaging that you'd be okay to talk about, um, which obviously we don't have to go into depth at all about it, but you had mentioned that speaking of emotions and processing them and all that, that you had had experience in therapy before to deal with anxieties that, yeah. Um, you know, part of the part of the show is also to help normalize therapy and how many people right. actually go to therapy. And so I, I picked up on you saying, you know, we could chat about that just to put out there that another person does that. So how did you? I mean, how have you found the therapy experience? Yeah, I like have always thought therapy has been helpful my whole life. My grandfather was a psychoanalyst. Um, like Freudian, he'd like have to go lay on the couch type of uh -huh. thing. Um, yeah. And so um, I was always encouraged to go to therapy and I dated someone who was like very against therapy. Like it was very, and I think that is actually maybe more normal. Um, I grew up in a really interesting situation with constant encouragement, but I've always found it very helpful. Um, especially like with anxiety, just to kind of talk out, you know, what's going on and like the root of all that. Do you seek out psychoanalysts? Do you, is there a certain type of therapist that you look for? Definitely not psychoanalysts. I can't afford that. Isn't that like five times a week? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I No, there's not. I'm seeing like now like this guy who, um, he's not like a hypnotist, but he does like, he'll you talk to him and then he makes a like meditation recording for you afterwards oh and it kind of like helps like with just things going on in your life to like look at it in a positive way and so he like talks to you of like in a in a meditation but it's about like you and helping like overcome things oh wow that's interesting yeah. like a customized mantra yeah, yeah exactly do you sample it <laughs> no i should if i could if you let me does, does he do that after every session? Every session. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. I've never yeah. heard that before. I know. And he like puts the like waves in and like different like uh -huh. calm noises. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. I don't go so that you know, I don't do 
every week. That's like once a month or once every other month, you know? Okay. Did, were you drawn to him because of this, this service? <laughs> I actually didn't know that's what he did. Um, no, someone just recommended him. He's just like a calm person, you know? It's just, he's really great to talk to. So, okay, so for somebody who, I'm, I'm kind of taking a guess here that you've seen more than one therapist before in the course of your life. Yeah, good. Um, so for somebody who's never been before, you know, have you, this can be very personal, but have there been people or the ways that therapists have worked with you that have been more helpful than perhaps other approaches or other experiences? Um, yeah, I mean, I think when my parents got divorced, you know, that was probably the first therapy I went to when I was eight. And they would like do origami with me. And I was like, what is the point of this? You know, like, uh -huh. get me out of here. They kept like asking me to draw a picture of my family. Um, so I just didn't like that. But I think what works for me is just the connection with the therapist and feeling like safe and comfortable with them and that they understand me. They're not judgmental. And there is a, um, I like when people give advice, like concrete advice. And yeah. I think the more psycho, psychoanalytic approaches to well how does what do you think you should do right isn't that like well what is it that you should be doing it's like, like no insight based do, like tell me <laughs> yeah it's kind of about fostering like an insight yeah but you're kind of wanting like give me some concrete exactly. <laughs> tell me like, what I to do i don't want to come up with it myself why am i paying you <laughs> I do feel, I'm sure that works for a lot of people, but to me, I like to have someone tell me what to do. <laughs> well, that's actually, I mean, that, that brings up a good, as a therapist, I can say that people do want really different things out of therapy. Some people love to talk aloud and you can hear their realizations happening in real time just because they process verbally. Right. And other people are like, give me homework. I want something to work on this week. I want yeah. the accountability. And it just depends on the person. But I think the, the broader point being, you know, if you're going into a therapist, let them know. If you want, tell me, <laughs> tell me what to do. Give me that feedback. You know, I, I want yeah. that. I like that. Yeah, and I think part of that is, like, because I do have kids and I do, I'm making all decisions. So that's another thing with the band, not being, not being just me, not being the one in charge. I'm in charge of too much in my life, and so I need to not be in charge. So I yeah. need the band to be in charge sometimes and like the therapist to be in charge like I have to like I have to be in charge of my kids I don't have a you know it's like that's just like you you don't it's you know do or die there you have to just do it yeah. and so you know I think in those aspects of my life I need other people to make decisions like dinner <laughs> what's for I don't want to make right decide what's for dinner <laughs> so yeah um well, I definitely want to talk to you about parenting and being creative. That is something that I always worried before I, I had one child. Before I embarked on that, I always worried, you know, what would that do? Would that stop my music? How much of a impact would that have? I remember, I think it was at my record release a couple of years ago, where you told me that you feel like you are more, you've been writing better music since having kids. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I, I remember I, that. I mean, I think it opens. I just think there's like a depth to, um, you know, it's just a different layer of life that that experience provides that is 
I don't know. I've just, I have been able to write more, you know, I feel mo the most creative I've ever felt as far as now that I have kids. And I don't know if it's just because I'm exhausted um, and I'm pushed to the limits of life, but, you know, it really has helped me, you know, and I, and I love my kids and I love um, being with them and they're so funny. Um, one of my stories, I even quote them in it. Um, they're just, it's just lovely. I just love being with them. <laughs> so but I think people are always surprised that I have three kids. Like, Everyone's like, what? Like, how? What? You know, but... Why do you think they're surprised? I don't know. Maybe because I do play music and then I do a lot of things or, you know, my life isn't... I don't think I'm defined by my role as a mother. You know, yeah. I think they see me work. They see me playing music. Like, mom's on Alexa, you know, or, you know, and it's cool that they see that I'm not just, you know, I don't know, just my life isn't just about them, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So for somebody who is thinking maybe someday I'd like to have a family, but I'm not sure what it would do to my creative career. I mean, you're one thing that I hear you saying is that it just adds this new dimension to life, new experiences, new, maybe emotions, all that kind of stuff to draw from creative creatively. Um, but the other question is also just logistically time. Yeah. That's, you know, I, that'd be something I think, how do you do that? You've got three pretty young kids. How have you managed to work and take care of kids and also write music and have a band and write short stories? And how do you put all that together? I mean, I think um, that one, it's, you have to have like a partner who's very helpful. I, you know, what was that movie? Um, the Loretta Lynn movie. Did you ever see that? Um, you got to watch it. I mean, obviously it was a long time ago, but she had five kids or six kids and she took them in the van. Her husband was her manager. They tour, you know, they toured with the kids. Um, I know like, um, what's the other band? I forget. The Weepies, you know them, they tour with their kids. They have three boys, I think. Um, they're like an indie band um, from like uh, Seattle, maybe, or somewhere around there. Um, but they tour with their kids. You know, it just depends. Yeah, you have to have a partner. You have to be divorced, one of the two. And then you can, you know, manage your time because it is a lot. I mean, I wouldn't want to leave them. You know what I mean? Like, I would do like small tours, but I wouldn't do like a long three-month thing. But I don't think I would do that whether I had kids or not, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like making music. I like recording. Like, I don't know if I'm like a touring person forever, you know, like type. I just, that's not yeah. necessarily what I'd want to do. I don't know. I don't know. With one, I think you can bring them along. Three, it's like too much. That'd be a lot. So how would you, would you at this point, if you had an opportunity to go away for one to two weeks and didn't make sense to take the kids, would you be able, would you do that? Would you, how would you feel about that? Yeah, I, I could do it. Yeah. Especially <laughs> now. And I feel like, I feel so much better. I mean, they're five and seven, you know, so it's like, it's a different, how old is your, do you have a son or daughter? Son. He's two. Son. Okay. Two. Different. I mean that you're in the, you're in, you're in it, <laughs> you know? Um, and when they get older, they can like dress themselves somewhat, um, you know, but 
there's a lot more freedom and they can like do things and occupy themselves. Like they can read books and I can write music in the corner, you know, like they, it's just, it's just when they're two, you're like that you have to watch them every second, you know? So, okay. So that's, I mean, yes, I would say, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, I guess you have to like be okay with not doing anything for a couple of years, maybe three or at least not touring not necessarily being able to do as much but once they get older you're able to like now i feel like i can go for like three weeks you know what i mean like i don't feel like i'm limited in that way do you know what i mean i mean yeah different, but i think that's really good that's something that i would have liked to have heard beforehand i probably could have sought it out but i think that that's true i mean i've been pretty uh productive except for the first year of his life in which yeah. it was just too too much um that was a tough yeah it, it was too tough to do it all but it's it's nice to hear and i think that i'm seeing that that's true too that if kids are something that you want at some point yeah you may have to take a little bit of time when you step back but it's yeah. nice to hear that that's not forever yeah no and i wrote a, i mean when my when the twins were two, I wrote a record in my bathroom. And and my producer at the time, Will Fails, he had a toddler and we I recorded his house. We were like whispering because she was sleeping. We're like, Okay, now she's napping, let's go. Take one. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. Um, and so there's just a lot of people in Chicago in the music scene who have kids. Like it feels more, or you know what I mean, or have yeah. family married. You know, like everyone has other priorities, and I I like that. You know that there's diverse groups of you know people. So I would say that um, having a kid, you know, I, I feel like our days are pretty structured. I try to keep a good routine going, but that also is good for me because I know I have this two hour block of time where he's taking a nap, so I better use it. I can't just kind of dawdle all day till I feel like recording like I used to, which was fun too, but <laughs> now it's like I have two hours, that's my time, and then I'm done. It's almost yeah. more efficient a little bit. Totally, that's what I was saying, the busy you are. Like for me, same thing. It's like I have, you know, like they're in school, like I have these eight hours to work and like, you know, finish this story or like try to finish this song. But it helps me to have like a deadline, you know, like yeah. working towards something. But I was wondering, like, how are you doing this right now? Like, does he sleep really he's, well? He's behind this wall. He's asleep. So he goes, and he won't wake up or like scream. I'm, I'm amazed that you're able to do this without him at all waking up. He doesn't. He's pretty good about sleeping. But I also, my husband's here, so he would go take care of him, or else I would just let him. He doesn't really get up and scream. I would let him babble, and you'd hear it in the background. It'd be cute. Uh, but no, he's he's not too demanding. There's just one of him. I don't know what it's like if there's more than one. But it, you know, I, I figured it out. I actually choose the eight thirty time to do the show because yeah. pretty reliably he's, you know, at least in in bed and not too disruptive. Yeah. So you work around it. That's great. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, I think at 8, I don't know, my kids would wake up a lot, so they would be, like, probably running out. But if he's still <laughs> He's in crib still, yeah. Oh, so wait till he can get out of the crib. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put it off as long as I can. <laughs> no, you should, forever, as long as possible. 
So, I mean, I think that that's, you know, well, okay, here's another element, though, that I think is important to be sort of real about. You can tell me what your thoughts are. Rami Atassi and I talked about this, too, because he just has, he has a, a newborn. This was episode 53. We talked a, a few weeks ago. Cool. Um, but, you know, he was saying, he and I were talking about how difficult we think it would be if you had like a nine to five job and, uh, you know, had to come home and get everything done in bedtime. And his situation is such that he does a lot of music things that he kind of puts together and has a more flexible schedule. You're talking about that you've got a certain flexibility in your schedule too because of the work that you're doing. That's yeah. something that having a, a practice as a counselor has afforded me as well. So I also feel like that does feel like an important element. And, and I know there's people out there who are making it work in other ways, but he felt like, and I felt like it was important to shape that pretty consciously to allow room for music. What do you think about yeah. that? Totally. I could not, I could not do like, I mean, like a nine to five because I would never be, because I, I, I do still need like time to watch TV or just like relax or read, you know, like, yeah. and so it would just impact me. And also I'm not a morning person. So having kids and not, and being not a morning person is like a bad combination because it's so hard for me to wake up in the morning, even today, even to this day. Um, and they are up, you know, like seven, which I guess is like late for some kids. Cause some of my friends who have kids that wake up at like five, I'm like, Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I have this flexible schedule. I don't know how I would do it. I, I don't know if I would be able to, I know there are people, there's gotta be people who do it, but it's really, you got to drink a lot of coffee or something. Or Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that that would actually be really hard. You know, I mean, some people, depending on, I'm trying to think of how to, how to put this, but there certainly is a certain amount of privilege to be able to do that or sort of deciding that you're okay with a certain lifestyle, I suppose. You know, musicians aren't yeah. totally notorious for making tons and tons of money and if that's like all you're doing and, and putting things together, then that's what you should do. But I feel like, I think it is important to think about if, if you are working on music or something creative and down the line, maybe you'd like to have a family to think about how will you, to try to think as much in advance about how will you make room for it because right. I don't know that it would just fall into place totally without feeling pretty challenging without some thought. Totally. And, it, and there's, and it is money. I mean, you know, it costs money, right? You, you can't, it's hard to do without, you know, figuring, having a plan for sure, having a plan, you know, but um, if you, you know, if you want, I feel like if you want kids, and you play music that it is it you can do it you can make it work you I think you can make anything work you know I think so too yeah I think so I think as long as you're yeah and that's also kind of part of this conversation or these conversations is just to maybe offer people what it looks like realistically and the things that you have to yeah to think about in order to make it work but that it is possible totally yeah I mean I never thought I'd have three kids but here we are so. <laughs> Because you have, you have uh, twins. Right. So that was a spontaneous pregnancy. 
or yeah, <laughs> I didn't, we didn't, you know, so with twins, you could do like fertility or it's like hereditary, but I have identical twins, which is a freak accident, the doctors said. So just my luck to have a freak accident. These things happen to me a lot where I get some rare thing that no one else has. Um, <laughs> but it's really, I love having identical twins. I love having all boys and I, and I really want them to like be Hanson or something someday. Or like, <laughs> boy group because they can sing like they're um they're they are there's a musical like inclination there and uh-huh. them so um and they already know like one's like i want to play drums i want to be a guitarist i want to be the lead singer perfect <laughs> i'm like do it um but it's funny because i haven't really done a lot of music lessons with them yet just because what the pandemic and they're young still, you know, but yeah. I should probably get on that. I want to do that, but. <laughs> well, let's see. I want to check in and see if there's anything else you want to, is there anything else that has occurred to you that you want to talk about either with the past year or with your music you've been working on? Um, trying to think. I mean, just, yeah, I just, I'm excited about this record and, you know, it's like a different sound for me. And I like, um, I feel good about like the process. Like the last record, I didn't really do much with because I was going through a bad situation. I just kind of let it slide. And this time, was like, nope, I'm gonna do it and the right way and figure it out. So that's been really nice. To, that's great. Yeah. And you've got the weather's warming. The kids are in school. Vaccinated. Yeah. It's feeling better. Yeah, I do, like, it's going to be a while for, like, our kids to be vaccinated, you know, because of the, um, it's going to take a while. So that's a little tough in, like, travel or, like, having people over, you know what I mean? Because my kids aren't vaccinated, so it's, like, they're still, like, they they are a risk to other people, you know, like my parents. Or, I mean, I guess if they're vaccinated, but it's still, like, 95%, there's still that 5% chance they could get it, I don't know. So it's kind of it's tough it's definitely uh kids man they really <laughs> really hold you down <laughs> they're great are you uh happy mother's day in advance thank you too are you guys gonna go on a picnic or anything like that i don't know i kind of just want to like go on a bike ride or go like do something outside if it's gonna be warm uh-huh. Uh, Mother's Day is such a weird holiday, isn't it? Kind of odd. Um, my kids are always like, what do you want? Or what should we do? You know, they they don't know. They're just like, can I play, like, can I watch a movie? Because it's Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually sounds nice. You could go do your own thing. and Exactly. I'm like, I know. Can I have a Mother's Day where, like, you guys just are quiet for, like, ten minutes? <laughs> like, don't fight, like, for five minutes. They're in like a fighting stage, a wrestling, and like punching each other. So it's not fun, but <laughs> they're cute. Well, where can people find your music and support your upcoming album? Um, well, um, we have a website, acorsounds.com, um, Instagram, Facebook, all those places. I haven't really... Um, been very good at Twitter. Do you like Twitter? Are you a Twitter person? 
Every time I open Twitter, almost immediately, like, why did I open this? I shut it. <laughs> it's a terrible place. I like it for facts. For some things, it's helpful, but for yeah. everything else, it's a terrible place, I think. I know, and I'm just not very quick with, like, the little quips you had to write, you know, like, I just think I sound dumb, so I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I do not know how to do this. <laughs> um, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> Take it off your plate. You don't need to. I know. What is the name of your album? Um, a Late Hour. A Late Hour? Mm-hmm. And A Late Hour is coming out May 21st. Yes. And it's a line from a story. And the book will be a line from a song from the record. Cool. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was really nice to see you. So good to see you, Justin. Thanks for having me.
song 16 off of the new album by Course, Jessica Robbins' newest project. You can go to coursesounds.com to learn more about Course and support their music. I want to thank Jess Robbins for her time today and for sharing all about her music and everything that's going on with her these days. Next week, we have our very first group session with the band Tobacco City. Group session is where I talk with full bands about how they work together, how they fight together, and we also listen to a live performance from them as well. Our first group session episode will feature Chicago band Tobacco City. Please visit musictherapypodcast.com for upcoming guests and other information. Hope you guys are hanging in there, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>